Yo, straight into it today, we have got on Russ McDonough, former Royal Marines commando and the founder of Green Beret Coffee Company. Really enjoyed speaking to him. We spoke about all sorts of stuff. Oh my God, what what did we mention? What did we mention? Uh, yeah, straight into it. Without further ado, Russ McDonough, Green Beret Coffee Company, H plus 12. Enjoy. Good to go, Buzz. Excellent, excellent. Ah, oh, the slurping into the microphone. Sorry, <laughs> that's a coffee drinker. <laughs> yeah, that was rude. That was a bad start straight away, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Russ McDonough in the flesh. Thank, Thank you for your much. time, buddy. Thank you for your time. As I said earlier, I no, I, I, I remember your face. I completely forgot we met in Weatherford. Completely forgotten. Right? Um, which brings me on to uh, oh yeah, Green Beret Coffee Company. Yeah, started off with. Have you started? Have you sponsored one of the shows? Didn't you? We sponsored. No, you sponsored more than one of the no, shows. No, it was just one. It was, it was just one. Tight, and tight ass. You know what? It was a ridiculously good it, spiel you did as well. It was way better than the, the <laughs> thing I wrote. I was like, oh, this is really difficult. And then you, I was like, oh, it sounds because the way I did it was I was thinking about Joe Rogan. I listened to the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast as well as yours, and uh, he always talks about Squarespace and all that. So I've been brainwashed into Squarespace already. And uh, I was like, oh, he's really good. And then you asked me to write it down, and I wrote it down. And I was like, oh, pretend Joe's speaking, saying this. <laughs> and then uh, you did it, and uh, it was awesome, bro. I was like, that couldn't have done a better job. So, <laughs> mega. No cuff too tough. Um, what, one other thing I think about earlier, one of the things that seems to be happening at the minute, I don't, I don't know if it's because, in fact, let's go back to what I think's happening at the minute. <clears throat> loads and loads and loads and loads of people, to me, ex-military seem to be starting up businesses here and everywhere off like completely off the cuff now i don't know if that's um and it seems to me the last couple of years i now i don't know if that's because i'm more aware of it because i've started doing this and speaking to people i'm speaking to and, and getting more involved with um more social media like instagram mm-hmm. and twitter where you, you are really prominent on there or it's that um well, that it is increasing in, the, in sort of your entrepreneurialism. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, a lot of the guys and girls who are doing it uh, are doing probably how you started up, and um, certainly how I started up is is um, in previous businesses. Is you got your day job, mm-hmm. and then on the side you're trying to get the company off the company off the ground. But I don't know. What, what, what's your opinion on it? I mean, when did when did Green Beret Coffee Company start? We then? we went uh, we started in December 2017, uh, okay. but that was. That, that was when we went live. The idea initially was about a year before, but like you say, I was doing I was doing commercial CP at the time, getting zero hours off, and it was just mm. it was just an idea. And I was like, oh, how can we make it happen? But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, massively, ex-military or even still serving guys are just a kind of. I think it's because one in today's day and age, it's it's it's. I'm not going to say it's so easy to start a business, but there's so much more scope because you need you need less of a financial sort of investment to get it up and running as well. The internet makes it a lot more easier, and I think um, I also think military guys. Once you've been in the mill, you kind of uh, this is something which is definitely applicable to me. Is I don't want to go work a, a normal nine to five job and have some some guy speak down to you, tell you what to do, uh, and that's not me being anti author authoritarian if that's pronounced properly but that's just me wanting to live life on my terms so if i can run a business 
and every all the effort I put in, I reap the reward from is way better than me digging out blind for some guy in a normal conventional mm. business. Him reaping the rewards and him going, "Cheers, mate. There's your two weeks off a year." Mm-hmm. Well, that's not living life to me. So I think I think it's a combination of everything where we're getting more aware that we can do this. I think military guys also, we sometimes think we're not capable of doing stuff. Like We do like lads go through paras, marines, you know, SF and that. And they, they don't think they're capable of, of doing it. They're like, oh, they kind of box themselves in and go, oh, this is what I'm good at. And then when they leave, they do their resettlement on whatever. And then they kind of just get, go down that funnel into that. Whereas I think guys now it's like, fuck man, I'm really good at art. I could, I could make some really awesome t-shirts and sell t-shirts. Mm. And as you've, as you've probably seen, so many apparel companies, ex-military apparel companies come, come into the forefront. And then it's really good because they're giving back. So they're giving like, right, 10% of all profits go to go, go to mm-hmm. the Royal Marine charity or, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, help for heroes and that. So it's it, it's a win-win situation for everyone, I think. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Why do you think that, why, so why do you think that they, they, that people these days, and the thing is, it doesn't just apply to the military, it's civvies as well, you know, it, 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 and it's, they face the same challenges, I think, maybe slightly different aspirations or, aspirations, slightly different motivation for doing it, and, you know, it's definitely a different background, but um, why do you think that the, that, that attitude is changing then, maybe, and, and, and people are more willing to give the entrepreneurialism a, a go? What is, is it more availability of information? Is it seeing other successful businesses? Is it, uh, I don't know, I don't understand what it is. I, I think, like I said, it's awesome. And like the apparel companies, there's loads of them. Mm. And I'm not complaining of it, because yeah. you know what, you know what, uh, the, the military apparel, apparel companies like, they'll see something else and think, that's Ali. And they'll start their own company and it'll be different, but it's still Ali. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is, mate. You don't know what, you're going to buy a bit of everything. I'd buy all the kit. If yeah, I fucking, um, yeah, I think, you know what, it's, it's civvies, annex mill and veterans and, and serving guys. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think I look at it from, from maybe a bit of a hippie point of view, but I think, I think people are just really tired of, like, in today's day and age, the cost of living in the UK particularly is, is, is ridiculous. Mm. And I think people are just getting fed up of, you know, what, why am I working 50, 60, 70 hours a week to basically still struggle to go on holiday a year and still not have the luxury items which they want to buy? And I think they're just like, there's a different way. Mm-hmm. And again, because of the day and age we live in, it's like, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't need this massive investment to get a company up and running like maybe you did 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like some guys just like, oh man, I love drawing. Here's t-shirts, boom. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's it's doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Oh right, so organically that business will grow into different stuff, and then before you know it, you, you know you got like the next Richard Branson or something. Yeah, especially when it comes. To, yeah, you, and it's easier to um, set up stuff like that from for like you're saying about drawing and stuff, art and and sort of uh, what do you, would you describe it as? Not woodwork. Flipping woodwork. Uh, uh, people who carve. Oh, you know what? There's there's a few guys I follow on Instagram, and they do that. You know what? I can't remember their their their, their tags on Instagram. I leave furniture in that. But the shit they do is like, how yeah. are you doing that, bro? There's a there's a there's a Tom in um a private in uh, who was serving with three power, and we had this sort of I think it was the power edge association meetings that we we kicked off. Out you know at a pub just hooking mm-hmm. up, and we started to get some young Toms along, and he came along, and he was sort of humming and lying about getting out, and he. And I can't really get on to it. He said, he said, oh, he mentioned he'd started selling like bits of furniture. I think it was furniture. Yeah, furniture to the blogs. I'm like, what are you on about? What? <laughs> yeah. So he gets his phone out and he shows the photos. And he was, I mean, it was, it was, 
it was good. I mean, it was like tables, mm-hmm. stools, stuff like that. But it all had like um, uh, the, the the cap badge in there, or it mm-hmm. was sort of military oriented in some way, shape, or form. But it was he was really good, and he was just knocking his stuff up in the garden. He was really, really good. Yeah. And and and, and uh, myself and and John Rickers was sit, uh, sitting to him, and we both thought the same thing. So, hey, set up a company. What are you doing? doing? You're still yeah. in, right? Set up a company. Get selling that stuff. Set up a Facebook page. These days, all you need is a Facebook page to get yeah. going. Because it's costing you... I mean, you can't always get in the wood from, right? But it's costing you nothing. Sell it on. Register a company. Get a Facebook page. Start selling it. Build up your, build up mm-hmm. your, um, your customer base. Build up your reputation. Before, you could do that before you even decided to leave. Mm-hmm. If you even decide to leave anyway. Mm-hmm. That's second, because he's doing it a pastime. He enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Sell it on. You don't even have to get out. You, I mean, you can prove a business before you even leave. You know, there's no CEO who's going to turn around and go... And check up on who's got companies registered, <coughs> yeah. right? <laughs> You've go, done you what? can't do that. Yeah, you know. And even 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 if it did ever happen, he, he's not a decent CEO. He's not going to say no. You have to shut that company down as long as it doesn't impact work. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, but the the arts and crafts kind of thing. You don't need anything to do that to be able to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like yourself at the coffee company, flipping it. I can I can imagine like the the behind the scenes of that. It's an epic to get everything off the ground even just to get a bag of coffee shipped out especially when you're starting out the, the logistics behind it is epic the, the partnerships you have to form the rest of it same with the apparel companies mm-hmm. it's not it's not simple it's not simple it's not you know what it, it, but again we're, we're really lucky 2018 we've got the internet at hand man and it's just like you know what you do a google search <clears> and then you go through the search results and you like you know fire off a few emails make a few phone calls and before you know it you're like shit I'm in I've got a problem here stop I have not put the microphone in for the flipping my phone's flashing. I think it was t- it's probably the missus going and watching. And you haven't got the microphone on. Give me two seconds. But you keep going, keep talking. What were you saying? Uh, I, I don't even know what we're talking about now. You've, you've thrown me completely. I was saying about. Something about microphones and, and transfluxes no, or something. And, uh, logistics behind setting up a coffee company. Logistics, logistics behind setting up a coffee company or. Hard work, mate. How, did you, how did you come about it? You know, you know what, dude? It's just. Um, like I say, we had the idea. Oh, I, sorry, I'm going to take full credit for this. I had the idea. Uh, the missus kind of went, that's a really good idea. Uh, and I just, you know, I was, I was doing CP at the time and I was, I was busy and I never kind of, uh, I never kind of ran with it. Yeah. It was always one of those afterthoughts. And, uh, and it was, uh, I was due to go back. I was on a month's leave. And uh, the day before I was due to go back, I had the old phone call going, Russ, oh, thanks for your help, but we're, we're, we're cutting a team and, and unfortunately it's you. And I was kind of like, oh, oh that's great. Oh. You know, and, and the old saying, there's no security in security. You know, we've all been, especially when I was working out in, in Iraq and that, yeah. you know, they cut teams on a, on, a, on a whim, especially when the oil price drops and all that. So I had the, had the phone call and said, look, it's been mega. Thanks for your time, but we're, we're, we're cutting the team. And you're one of the guys which has to go. So I was like, ah. Oh. And it was kind of that. Were you on leave? Yeah, I was on leave, oh, yeah, which is God. great. The day before I was due to go back. So obviously morale was high. Um, so, uh, but that was, that was you know, every cloud silver lining. It was kind of a wake-up call because <coughs> I, I kind of, even though I really, truth be told, hated that job. Uh, and I, I fucking did hate it. Um, it was the kick up the ass, which I went, you know mm. what? Yeah, let's do it. What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. So I just, I, you know what? I just jumped on the laptop and started firing off emails, Google searching. How, how, how can I do this? And, mm-hmm. and before you know it, you're kind of like pressing the button and you're like, shit, we're live. We've got two followers on Instagram. And uh, 
and then uh, you know <laughs> no one's following me and then it just you know and just starts growing and it's and it's the one thing which i've tried to do uh is is keep it I know it's a business, but I try and keep it fun as well. Mm-hmm. And I, a couple of times I've gone a little bit serious with it and I've been like, oh, this is fucking shit or or whatever. When I try and keep it fun and not treat it as a business as such, it actually, we do better. Mm-hmm. But when we're, when I'm being really serious and I'm like, oh, what would, what would be good for the gram? What would, what would, what would resonate with people? People just laugh, oh, whatever, not mm-hmm. interested. And mm-hmm. we do, we do notice it. So it's, um, yeah, I just try and keep it fun, man. I remember I was uh, talking about weather for, well, talking about CP. I remember that was, the, you'd lose. Uh, Do you want some more coffee? Uh, you crack on, mate. You sure? Yeah, you crack on. Just, just to note, they're not using Greenberry coffee for this. <laughs> it's, it's like an insult. <laughs> like a, you can blame this. You can blame Baz for that. The uh, studio guy for not buying it. However, you bought a bag in there. Look at that. Yeah, that's that's the good shit. But you bought the whole bean. I did. Sorry, I should have known. However, Holbein is is better. Um, going back, yeah, Weatherford. I mean, that, oh God, those phone calls. He'd be on leave. You, there were so many good guys. For example, I remember, as you're, as you're talking more, I'm remembering you. You, you, mm-hmm. you can see the mannerisms of people. I'm remembering you were out there, yeah. And um, you're a good guy. I remember it. I remember my impression. We didn't work a lot together, but we were. In, well, you, was, you were you were an SSM. Oh, was that one an SSM? Ah, yes, that is right. Yeah. Yeah, but I, rem- I remember you, you as a professional guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you were clearly and, uh, thinking of someone else, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you'd lose so many good guys in those teams from, from because the the best thing for the CP company if they had to cut people is to cut someone if they're on leave because they mean they didn't have to buy them a visa flights. to get back. Flights, <laughs> and fl- flights and flights, flights and visas. visas. We've saved ourselves oh a fortune. My God, and they'll always be the guy which will be like, "Oh, I can stay another four weeks. I can stay another six weeks," because he loves the money. Yeah, and you're at home going. All right, what next? But then look what the phone call turns to, like you said. I mean, that's what it forces. I, I, uh, I had that a couple of times, but um, I didn't have the, the, the foresight you did at that time. When I, when I, you know, when I decided on this and sort of my entrepreneurial things was after I left there. I had some fleeting ideas when I was out there, but mm-hmm. I never followed them through. It's, I don't know, I don't know why, but, um, mate, it turned out well for you. It turned out well for you. I mean, uh, how many people involved with it? How many people on the team? It's just you. I, I, I've kind of, I'm a one-man band. The mm-hmm. missus helps out. I'm really lucky, actually. The missus is a, she's a trained graphic designer, and she, mm-hmm. she does illustration as well. So when I, uh, the one thing which I, I have noticed is, is I'm, I've always been of the belief I'm not very creative mm-hmm. at all. And then what this has allowed me to do is I've kind of found this sort of creative side, uh, but I'm not very good at, on computers, etc. So having a graphic designer as a missus, and I'm like, oh, can you do this? And she's... She's like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. Not happy about it because this is the 15th thing you've asked for today. Uh, but I can do it. And she does it. And it's, it, it's fucking awesome. And I'm like, how much would that cost someone else to set up a business? Yeah, absolutely. Either it would cost them a lot of money or it would cost them a lot of time to try and learn that. Mm. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that, in that regard. I was wondering, I think, well, I wasn't wondering. I thought, his missus has obviously got a handle on his stuff. When, when you would show me the designs for the, um, the coffee bags and the T-shirts and that, and I thought, that logo is alley. I love, awesome, <laughs> I, love, I love that for the actual yeah, podcast. Yeah, you know logo. what? Is it done, mate? Nick, when, when you turn around so quick, I was thinking, his missus is doing this. I don't know she's stewing. No, she was, she was happy to. And she, she actually likes your logo better than ours now. <laughs> she's like, shit, I did a really great job with that. Why didn't we have something like that? And I was like, I, I don't know. I just wanted the commando flash with Green Beret. <clears throat> Why are you hating? Uh, but um, yeah, she loves it. She was she was more than happy to do it. When um, when did you get out of the mill? I left uh, officially February 07 
but I left what like three four months before yeah. that, and then I went straight out straight out to a, a rack on on the project matrix, which was the project to get onto salary yeah, so we that. we were that was that was very lucky again and then um that was that was awesome I loved it it was brilliant were you up north Baghdad Baghdad the whole time set five uh a team mainly full of bootnecks and paras, so the mm-hmm. banter was was fucking outrageous mm-hmm. we try and see each other off at every available opportunity uh some really weird guys some fucking mega guys some fizz monsters it was and it was just a brilliant brilliant time in the career and then uh, it was a real shock when i left that in when did i leave that i left that april 2011 and i, I took the rest of the year off because i was like oh, i need a, i need a bit of time off and we, we did a bit of traveling and i jumped on the maritime scene which was yeah it was all right and then I went, all right, I'm going to go back to Iraq on the oil and gas scene. And then my, I remember my first day on the oil and gas scene was just like, well, I've gone from working in Baghdad where oh, the man. shit's real, you know, to now sitting outside a DGS station for 12 hours Different in a world. minibus. And I was like, and there's, tw- there's, there's 12 guys mm-hmm. and I'm having to help them with body armor. And I was like, oh, you've fallen a long way, Russ. So, um, well, that's, but not, it, it that's is, not the disservice. No, you, you know, no, it's not. I it's mean, just, uh, um, it's, it is, uh, it is mind-numbly boring. I mean, um, and it's it's difficult. It's a difficult environment to <coughs> to keep your wit, wits about you. It's one of those. It's so benign. Very well in the oil fields. Yeah, mm. so benign. Very little happens apart from when you go up northwest Kuna, and that was obviously been a situation in the past. In fact, there's stuff down south in Ramallah, isn't there? But in general, I think I think West Kuna still has its odd flashpoints now with the tribes and that, but. Generally, because lads are working in Romela and Zabaya. Well, there's, there's recently been massive dramas in Romala, is it not? I, I, I think it was it, it was happening all over purely because I think um, I think the Iraqi population are just like you know Basra is a city full of what over two million people, and they don't have running water, they don't have electricity, they don't you know their standard of living is is, is is paramount to dog shit. But it's not because that country's poor. That country's got so much money, but people are obviously skimming from the top down, and by the time it reaches the the, the normal folk. Mm. They're not even. They've got no electricity, no running water. So I think it just it, it was always going to get to that stage where they went. Hang on, this is what's going on here. Why are we not seeing anything? The very the very minimum you'd, you'd expect running water and electricity. Yeah, I yeah I yeah I agree with you. But uh, I, I think um, as a culture, they're very unfortunate, and it's very easy to turn around and say um, and say. Fucking Iraqis, this <laughs> fucking Iraqis, and you, you, you know, there were guys and, and girls who were flipping, and you can see, you can sort of see why they're flat out against them, is it? because as a culture, and again, I'm going to say as a culture because mm-hmm. it's not an individual's fault. Mm-hmm. This is the way the country has evolved, right? You have to bear in mind that if you go off, I mean, it's a, one of the one of the cradles of civilization. You know, some of the finest mathematicians came out of Iraq. You know, the, the I think the birth of ma- mathematics is not northern Iraq. I think sometimes is like, it? Yeah, you got the garden, the, the <clears throat> fabled location of the Garden of Eden. I'm not religious, but if you are mm-hmm. Garden of Eden in Iraq, mm. you know. Um, so you, you would think that with that history, they should be one of the most flourishing nations on earth. But a whole load of factors involved with it. The, 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 the geographic location on the flipping planet where they are mm. it is not the nicest climate, climate to live in you know what I mean and then and then you go through the ages and the sort of the war and the attrition and that they, they, they suffered and inflicted and just it's come about that as a culture from Joe Bloggs you mm. know um, unskilled guy on you know ground zero mm-hmm. up to the Prime Minister are just 
they, they, they're just incapable of um, they're incapable of long term thinking mm-hmm. for themselves and for the greater good and for the, the family and for the, the, the you know the village and country and they're incapable uh, and sorry that's the first one and secondly they think everyone is as, is, is as crooked as themselves mm. so they trust no one mm. which is plays into the first thing so You'll never get a straight answer out of them. Um, rarely get a straight answer out of them, um, and you will. You, well, yeah, you don't get you don't get a straight answer. It's very difficult to work with them. They also, I also think, and I, I you know, I said this, in, <coughs> I said this in the past. I thought I could never. In when I was out there, I thought this is something that you could never say live because. People have got mental. Yeah, go on. <laughs> on the conversation. We've got a controversial hey, point coming oh up. Oh, my God. Um, I think that um, uh, biologically, so, oh, Jesus Christ. Go on, go for it. I'm going Don't for be it. scared. I think that part of the world, I'm not specifying Iraqis, I'm talking about a large percentage of the Middle East, Middle Eastern populations, mm-hmm. people, and again, this is not everyone, but a large proportion of them, they are... They are not as capable at learning and retaining information as what Westerners are, uh, or or the way we try and teach them is not how they, is not the best learning for them. I mean, look at this. Look at it this way, and you know that you try teaching. Mm. I'm going to say Iraqi because that's where my experience is mm-hmm. in that regard. You try teaching them out and load. You got a new guy, mm. and you're going to teach him basic weapon drills. It's going to take you. It's going to take you about a week in some cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me about two days to teach one of them the unload. That's five things. I think, is it five things? Five things or six things you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Simple, in front of you, hands-on. Couldn't get him to do it. He did, could, couldn't retain the information. Um, so that learning, again, hampers them, I think. They just they can't. It's, we, I, they're not, their brains have not evolved in the same way as what ours have. And you can say the same about the Chinese. You can say the same about the uh, mm-hmm. Africans. You can say the same about um, you know parts of Eastern Bloc, Russia, flipping everywhere. We haven't all evolved in the same way. Um, and I think that in Iraq, that's where I noticed it most, their capability to learn is really, really well below what ours is, which makes it another complication of working with them. Yeah, you know what? I, I completely agree. I remember... Uh, myself and another guy, Apo, we, we went over to a company which was just kind of setting up and they wanted to get uh, BP and Shell approved. And uh, so we went over there and we basically had two weeks with these guys. And these guys had been doing CP for other companies to a degree. Uh, and they said, right, you've got two weeks, train them every single day. Mm. We need to pass all the tests because the BP auditor is going to come down and he's going to test them. And for two weeks solid, you know, it was morning, noon, and night. We were we were beasting and beasting and beasting them, and yet after after two weeks, you'd you'd be then right. I remember the auditor came down and he went right. We're going to do a quick med situation, a medical situation, and he just chose one of the Iraqis at will, and he was like, "You, there's a guy over there on the ground. What do you do?" And he he was like a rabbit in the headlights, and he might just be nervous to be fair, but he genuinely over the course of two weeks remembered nothing. And this is a guy as well. I can't remember his name, but he'd actually lived in the states. He he'd been living in Chicago for a, for for a little while. Decided that America wasn't for him, and he just deci- and he came back to to oh, Iraq. I knew a guy like that. He worked on he worked on the rig with me. Oh man! What you know name? what? There's there's a few guys. There's a few Iraqis for whatever reason managed to get into the states, and then they just for one reason or other they went. You know what? I I miss Iraq. Did they say that though, or did they get well, the boot? <laughs> 
<laughs> you go from the, right from the States and go, <clears throat> you can stick your McDonald's up your yeah. ass. Oh, shit. I'm going back to Basra for the kebab on the corner. New, New York is overrated. I've had a, I've had a head back to Basra. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, this, hot wa- this hot water is, pff, nah, not for no, me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, look at this. I can turn it on and off. That's bullshit. So, um, oh, right. yeah. I mean, there were some absolute diamonds. There were, there were absolute diamonds. And they might, I mean, uh, they they can take a ribbon as well. Some of the guys I work with, you could slag them off, like I could slag you off. Yeah. And they'd just be tongue in cheek and laughing at it and give it back. I don't know if that's actually working with, with Westerners for a while or what, but they, they, were, they were good crack. But then um, fitness is the other one. Oh, God, I'm trying to get fitness. I mean, going well, back fitness to your, rather isn't the other one. Yeah, uh, you know. Going back to your situation with the um, uh, trying to get the, the, the BP in the shell. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? It was an assessment. Audit, yeah, so it's audit. an audit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, another thing in line with that is when you're saying they're like a rabbit in the headlights, and I, yeah, I've experienced that as well. And maybe that's because what the fuck is an audit? When have they ever had to deal with that all the way through? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. They've got no idea what it is. Mm. They probably never had to take exams or even at school or tests or whatever. And that whole sort of side of being in a pressure situation, all of a sudden going what? Yeah, and there's yeah, some yeah. there's some white guy going. Go on then. Yeah, proving your knowledge and yeah. showing that you've learned. Again, I suppose it comes back to that. Just learning thing. retaining of, yeah, of yeah. information. Yeah. It just isn't yeah. there. Mm. Um, but like you say, there are some really good guys over there where you're like, you kind of you're wasted. You've you've really shit out being born in Iraq, mate, because you you are you know you you switched on. You speak good English. Mm. You if you had been born in another country, dude, you'd be making a good life. But did they ever get you know the the Turks with Afghan the interpreters and that. Am I right in saying that they're now entitled to? Uh, I suppose there's criteria with it. Maybe how many, you know, how much time they did with British force or whatever. Are they now in Afghan interpreters? Are they now entitled to getting up to the UK? There was a big thing oh, about it. Oh, you there? know what? I don't know. I, I know. Think they are. They, I know that the when the guys that were working with the US mill, once they qualified, then I, I don't know how easy it was. Because Afga- Afghan. They, no, this is Iraq, so oh, okay, on Matrix. Okay, okay. So we had you'd have two interpreters per team, and obviously we were working with the Army Air Corps <clears throat> slash US Mill. And I don't know how they qualified, but I don't know even know then if if once they qualified, it was just a straightforward to just be like, oh, you're in, welcome mm-hmm. aboard. I, I don't know. I, I heard of a couple of guys got over there. And, I think yeah, Af- I think Afghan troops is the case in some way. In it, it was recent. I, I I don't think it was the same with Iraqis. I've never met, met one over here. When um. When I was in uh, one of the Afghan tours, I did when I was serving. One of the interp- one of the interpreters we got was uh, from Birmingham. <laughs> he was a problem, mate. He d- he didn't last long. He did not last long. Shocker. Cause he, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was an Afghani. He'd grown up in Birmingham and then got out there because he he spoke Pashto. Right. So he got out there and then he is one of those. I immediately regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go home now, please? <laughs> he was a nice guy. He spoke with a brummy accent. It was bizarre, and all the other. I was like, "What the? Yeah, fuck? shit, oh, man. Yeah, yeah." There's some. He, the, he, we were uh, an RPG. Yeah, an RPG hit the wall, and uh, nowhere near it. Well, I think nowhere near it. Was like you know, five, ten yards above him. But hit the wall. A lot of rubble fell on him on his shoulder. Like uh, bits of mud. <laughs> yeah. Semi home, doc. Semi home. So yeah. bad. So bad. Yeah, I can't blame him though. Semi like Chucky. He probably didn't know what he's doing. And they were offering. I suppose they were offering mega money. Mega money. Yeah. It was interesting. No, interpreters are just interesting people in general. You know what? It, t- it takes a lot of. Um, it takes a lot of bollocks. You know, especially when it was when it's when it's spicy when it was spicy in Iraq and it was spicy in Afghan for you to kind of be like, actually, we're going to side with the Yanks and the Brits. 
mm-hmm. and then to go home to their their home at the end of each day if they were you know li- not living on camp and Fisk p- potentially getting lynched it was not lethal. just them their family and, yeah. and let's be honest it wouldn't be like a quick quick finish it would be like we're, we're going to make you suffer we're going to get yeah. as much information out of you as possible yeah and then finish you off yeah and yeah. steal your money which you've been grafting for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it was um going back to the, the amount of humor i was uh I was I sat down was was I serving or was I not? I think it was serving. And he sat down with this Iraqi interpreter and I was him I read uh, I got freckles mm-hmm. and uh he said um he said uh Mr Hugh, Mr Hugh, what uh, what is his problem? <laughs> I said, uh what problem? I said this uh this problem on your arms. I said I said freckles, mate. He said freckles? Is it freckles? He said, Is it is it curable? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not a giraffe. It's, it's the spots I get. He's ah, long neck, freckles, giraffe. <laughs> I was me, mate. It was giraffe. I was giraffe hey, from then on. Yeah, brilliant yeah, nickname yeah, yeah. to have. <laughs> boy, giraffe boy. Get over here. Did you ever try any buffalo when you're in Iraq? No, I don't think oh, so. Mate. Well, not not knowingly. Oh. Who knows what I would have eaten half the time? But um, I worked on a project in West Kurna, and um, the the. Uh, the project manager used to every was it every Thursday. He used to send one of the guys out and go and get some buffalo. It was, like, it was eighteen dollars, I think, with some, like thirty pounds of meat. Where they got the meat from, I don't know. Because if you remember all the buffaloes out there, they were like yeah. skeletons with flipping tarpaulins draped on Eating them, eating plastic oh, off the side of the road. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they used to get the buffalo in, and it was absolutely <clears throat> amazing. Oh, it was amazing. Have a barbecue every Thursday. It was absolutely fun. Tough though. It was like it was like um, eating really tough steak over here sirloin steak yeah, like yeah. overcooked but it wasn't it, so it had the texture of being overcooked but it, it not lost any taste it was just super yeah, super tough yeah. apparently it's the like the best meat to eat if one of the best meats to eat if you're doing a lot of heavy training because it's so packed full of it's packed quite heavily full of protein more so than normal meats so I don't know I can't see that with the, the Iraqi buffalo though no I'd probably say any Iraqi sort of uh, meat is, is, is not great for you jeez I don't know do you remember Dai Matthews you know what? I do remember Die. I remember him having a thousand dogs follow him at all times. He's, did you, you know he set a war pause? Yes, awesome effort. He's, he's still going. He's, I think he's a registered charity now. He's coming on. He's coming on. He's awesome. Coming on. He's he, yeah, Die. Yeah, he's yeah, he's coming on at some point. But again, I, that's another thing that, that people are getting. He's setting up the, the, the sort of charitable dog things. There was there's one over in Afghan called Nauzad, which. Um, uh, Anthony Lewis is one of the other guests with three five the three five three trust. They, I think he does a lot of support for them in Nozad, but um, people get attached to animals, don't they? Yeah, rightly so, man. Animals are awesome. Yeah, I, I don't feel the same you, about. Are you not an animal person? I, absolutely, I'm an animal person. Absolutely, but like I'm a people person, but I I'm not a dirty people person. <laughs> okay, just to clarify. <laughs> He's not a dirty people person. <laughs> well, there's Western dogs, isn't there? And then there's... I, I can see it. I, I'm, I'm doing this as a complete disservice. I can see it. I spe- well, I'll go back. You go through some tough times in, your, you know, in those, those yeah. countries. Be it, be it, you know, didn't you CP and or you do it in the militaries. I can see that. You get touched with some things. I mean, um, <clears throat> well, case in point, which oh, I completely agree with, was um, Aunt Lewis brought um, a dog back. Mm-hmm. Um, Rehabilitated, rehabilitated a dog, brought a dog back from uh, Afghan who had been at the compound, right? Where his boy had served, right? Like, yeah, his yeah. boy got killed, and oh, then he managed yeah, to get the dog yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, it's called Pegasus now, but the name is Shitbag. Yeah, he's local <laughs> actually, local. I saw him the other day. 
That's an interesting one. That's awesome. No, oh, yeah, it is. Um, Greenberry coffee. Greenberry coffee. You've got how many blends at the minute? Six. Oh, that's a question, isn't it? Uh, what number is this? That's zero five. five. So we've got. Um, What's number six? You haven't got. We six. haven't got a six. We've no, got. You know what we've four. got? We started zero zero, and we called that one the recruit. Oh yeah. That's uh, that's a decaf. Uh, a lot of people go against decaf, right? Uh, and I can understand why, because I, I drink I drink caffeine by the gut by the by the bucket load every day. But to be fair, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll feel like a, a coffee at like nine o'clock at night, and I know that if I have if I have one more, I'm just it's, it's going to ruin me for the rest of the night. So decaf, we, we we named that because there's obviously no strength to it. It was the re- it was the recruit zero zero, and then we just went zero one commando two sniper three veteran four mercenary and then we brought out five sf and that's our that's like the the strongest one mm. not as in per taste but i mean like calorie uh, not calorie uh as in per sort of caffeine content how do you mean uh, well, you don't have to give any secrets mm-hmm. right but how is coffee not your coffee mm-hmm. general how is coffee made i got no idea it comes from a coffee plant it comes from a coffee plant dude and you just pick it and then it gets roasted and the next thing you know you're drinking this delicious cup of uh, how are you controlling the caffeine content then Basically, you get there's there's loads of different types of beans, but the two beans which you've probably heard of are like arabica and robusta. Arabica are like these. Uh, I've been pronouncing that wrong. Have you been saying it? I always pronounce the Araba. Ar- arabica. Yeah, it's cool. No one knows. It's not well, like they no do one. know. One well, arabica. Yeah, they do know. Go on uh, arabica, and they're like a delicate one. But what you'll find is the the flavour in them is a lot more. You'll get like these real subtle hints of coffee. Like you might get a bit nutty. Everyone's different as well. So you know when you see on coffee bags, it's like. Oh, you'll get a hint of chocolate nuts coming through, and that's yeah, you will do. But then everyone is different. So some one person might be like, "Oh, I really felt yeah, I've really got that." Another person might be like, oh, "I didn't get any of that, but I felt like this nutty aftertaste come through, and it was really good." Do you think all that's bollocks? <laughs> because down to different taste palettes, and I'm not like coffee's coffee. I enjoy it. I enjoy a good cup of coffee. I can tell what shite. Mm. Um, but it's like that just reminds me of wine and hints of this, I was going to say that, that wine it, it depends on the palate does it not yeah of course it does that's what I'm saying so it depends on the palate and then obviously some people's palate are not they're not at that level like when it comes to wine you know I'll drink it I'll be like it'll, it'll be either good or bad and that's it it's like mmm I could drink this and, mm, no that's that's horseshit um, whereas you know whereas you get those coffee coffee uh, not coffee those wine people and they're like alright oh, I'm just taking this and a, a bit of that and it's a strong this and it's like all right, cool. That's that's what you're good at, and that's obviously so. Um, yeah, arabica, you're going to get a lot more flavour. You're going to be like, wow, I'm picking up that. It's it's a it's generally not as um, strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the caffeine content is is pretty much half of what the other bean is called robusta. Now the robusta bean is um, a little bit more earthy. Is that what the SF made out of? That's that's SF. Now a lot. So what you're getting with that is you're getting double the amount of caffeine. So it's perfect for like, you know, you're hanging out or you want to you have a quick shot before you go to the gym. Yeah. Where the misconception is, a lot of people think, oh, right, Arabica is going to be awesome and Robusta is going to be just, oh, no, that won't be very good. Why would you think that? Because it's, um, because the Arabica is more expensive and it comes with a more <clears throat> more subtle flavors than that. Yeah. But it's the same as anything. You get levels to it. So you, you might be buying a bag of coffee which has 100% Arabica. But that might be like the shittest Arabica beans around because there's different levels to it. And the same will be said with Robusta. Robusta, the best Robusta, no doubt, is way better than the, 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 sh- the shittest mm-hmm. Arabica. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for caffeine content, so when you're looking for like, you know, I, um, there's other coffee companies out there like they, they make the claim of like, yeah, we've got the strongest coffee in the world. Mm. 
I'll just be robust uh, bean. And they've just sourced a bean, and it is potent. Ah, uh, okay. The quality of it. And, and there will always be... That's why the best blends have got a bit of Arabica, so you're getting those nice, that nice flavour, that nice after, aftertones. Yeah. But then it's got a bit of robusta in there just to give it a slight kick as well, so you're like, oof. So you, you pick the bean, and then to, to get that into the bag there, the bean is picked... Right. Well, we we obviously we don't have. Much, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to know what your technique. But there is stages. Everyone have the same. Everyone have the same stages, won't they? Just how they do. Well, the it just it comes over to the UK. A green bean. So I, you probably ca- okay. Remember green bean over in Iraq and that green bean coffee. Yeah. yeah, green bean. So it comes over a green bean, and then you you you, you do, what you, it. do what you do. Sir. You right. do what you Got do, it, and yeah. then before you, and oh, then, you just roast the bean. It's in a massive drum. Right, and you roast it, and obviously that one there is medium roast. So generally, the more you roast a, a coffee bean as well, yeah the less caffeine content that bean will have as well because you're burning it off. You're roasting a bean, so the caffeine content's getting sapped. So a lot of people, this is always people, um, they'll have a strong, they'll have a black coffee and it's a dark roast. And you know how people, especially when they've been on the piss the next morning, like, oh man, I'm hanging out, I'm going to have a coffee. And they'll have a dark, dark roast coffee and they're like, Mm. oof, I'm sorted. Mm. By having a dark roast, you've actually had less caffeine. But if you had a light roast, because it's not been burnt off as long, You've got more ah, caffeine content, I see. but because you don't go, oh, it's it's not as bitter. It's a, probably a, a much lighter flavour. You think you you don't think it's it's as strong. I but the caffeine content in that in that lighter roast will be higher than having a. Oh, that's bitter. I was free. I, I'm glad you told me that. There you go, bro. How <laughs> was freeze dried coffee done then? What's the? F- you know what? I uh, I don't know. I don't I don't drink the stuff. Freeze dried coffee. I, Why don't I, they do that then? I'll drink it in the absence of anything else. And plus, sometimes, like, I, you know, at work, I won't have time, or I won't be there to make a bag of that. There's no, per, uh, what do you call that? A French press. Or French press, yeah. I won't be there. A I, cafeteer, if cafeteer, you want to be posh. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, or they won't be one of them. So I'll do freeze dried, but I always. There's no excuse, though. Like, I, only, it, I can't drink it black because it's. Why not? Shit. You beef. What? What? No, if it's crap, because it's crap. <laughs> It's crap taste. Yeah, yeah. Crap taste. Um, what, black? No, mate, it's, it's no, the no, future. No, no, no. Black freeze-dried, I'm on about. Freeze-dried. Oh, well, you shouldn't be drinking that stuff anyway. Well, it, yeah, sometimes, it's not, it, in a life-or-death situation. Oh, right? life and death. Exactly. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to have the freeze-dried coffee? I'd probably just die? have the water. <laughs> I'd probably be like, oh, I'm not drinking that. I'll just, I'll just drink water. I'll, Thanks, uh, mate. I'll, I'll, I can drink it black if I put two sweetener in, right? I can't drink it black on its own without... Mm-hmm. Or I'll have it black with milk, but no sweetener. So essentially it's not black once you add the milk. It was, there was, a it point was black. At, there was a point at which it was black. And then it turned white. Yeah. And then you're drinking... Like Michael Jackson. Who knows? <laughs> That's another <laughs> conversation for another day. <laughs> um, right. So I've learned about coffee. I would like to know a freeze dried made. I've got to find that out. You know what? My missus said to me a little about two, three weeks ago. There was a documentary on. It might have been. I think if you, I think it was on the BBC, so you can go on BBC iPlayer, and or if you go on one of the the iPlayers, ITV or whatever, there was a documentary, an hour long documentary, and it showed it showed you how freeze dried coffee was was made. I will when I when we finish this, I'll ask. Really? The missus, yeah. Just made that no, up? no, no. That's Jen. Uh, when I finish this, I'll text Mrs. I'll be like, what channel was that on? And she will obviously reply instantly with the obviously. answer. And uh, and I will tell you. And 
it's about it's an hour long documentary. I didn't watch it. Mrs. did, and she's like, "Wow, you, sh- you you should know that, Russ." I and I thought no one will ever ask me that question because no one would dare ask me a question about instant coffee when we've got real coffee. But um, it, it happened. Can you grow your own coffee in the UK in any way? No. Why? Just the conditions. You need you need specific conditions. So it's like fruit. We can't grow certain types of fruit, so we import it. The conditions in the UK is not... Can you not create it in greenhouses and stuff? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think you can create quite a lot of stuff in greenhouses. It's so not strictly right. legal. So I've heard. They're selling... Uh, in Leamington Spa, they're selling CBD oil in the fucking shop. Yeah. In, in the shop. It's, it's legalised now, isn't it? Not you. I'm a big fan for it. CBD, a... not you. Yeah. CBD oil. you got CBD weed. In there. No, it's not, is it? I think it is. Oh, well, I, I, th- I, I, I was surprised because I thought it was. It's illegal. expensive shit, though. I think it's fifteen pounds. Oh, I've been told. I don't know how good that is. Then. For, fifteen pounds for a gram. Yeah, I literally <laughs> got told this two days ago. I know that oil. If you want good quality oil, uh, is that someone about? Oh, I can't be a gram of oil. I don't. I, mean, th- I don't think it's that. a gram. I'd be a gram of the green weed then. Oh, I don't know. I just know about the oil. I don't know too much about it. I know that oil. If you're looking for a good good shit mm-hmm. uh it's about 115 quid for like real stuff so if you're if you're buying something with 15 quid i don't know how well i, I haven't bought I, it yeah i haven't but I, I you know what i've heard mega good things about it so well, well joe rogan podcast for one but the oil it he i hear a lot about rubbing it into your skin and that and miraculously i i believe that it has got awesome properties that uh, you know mm-hmm. sort of under under the under the radar because pharmaceutical companies and want to keep the money oh that's fucking shit right but um Rub it into your skin. I mean, I think I don't know because your skin is an organ. So why why wouldn't it? Yeah. No, you might. I, I I'll have to get some and try it. I would like to. I've got I've like know. residual injuries. I fell off a don't fucking. All. I fell off a fucking truck trailer yesterday. I'm in tatters, mate. I've got whiplash. Like I'm in tatters. Was there was there anyone to blame? The health and safety officer, which is me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Someone wasn't doing their it job. It fell from a great height. It was like Trigger. I was, um, <laughs> I was, you know, Trigger goes leaning the barn. Yeah, yeah. I was on the back of a trailer, and I was doing. There was like some apparatus on the back, mm-hmm. and I was like, going along and and doing some changes to the back of this apparatus. Right. Right. The, so walking from left to right yeah. along the width of the trailer, looking at the apparatus. Yeah, let's go along, go along, oh. along. Looking at the end, concentrating on it, forgetting that the apparatus is wider than the trailer. Oh, Next step off, shit. banked in. Wow. How, how 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 high are we talking? Oh, at least don't fit. make it up. At least fifty foot. Wow. Oh, I'm just tough, mate. And you landed I'm on just, your feet as well. Like, Hi. <laughs> Oh, my hands. I landed on my hands. Oh, no, I, mean, I hit the deck. Did anyone see it? No. Well, the CCTV. Oh, right? delete that. No, I'm going to get hold of it. Why? It's nothing like taking a piss at yourself. But the angle... You've been framed 250 I don't, quid. I haven't looked if it's on there yet. I haven't looked if it's on yet. Apparently, it will be. Mm. Um, but the camera's quite far away. But it's HD, so I reckon I can zoom in on, on, the, on the recording. Mm-hmm. But also, the angle that it is, you can see the top of the trailer... Mm. but then there's something that's blocking the view so you will see me fall but that's it I just disappear out of view so you know there's, there's, that's still pretty good that'll still be pretty good like <laughs> I'm going to get hold of it yeah. I'm going to get hold of it it's a good one it was a good one it's one of those I hit the deck and I, um, I spent 30 seconds on the floor just yeah take take a minute that 30 seconds and, yeah. then, and then another 10-20 seconds of holy shit I don't think anything's broken and then 20 seconds more to stand up and hobble around 
It was not, yeah. I had a proper sleepless night last night. Every really? position I was trying to keep in. Yeah. I, I would get comfy, which was on my back. You know, mm-hmm. like, laid there like a flipping Dracula. And then I'd wake up, ten, I'd fall asleep, and I'd wake up 10 minutes later on my side, and it's just aching because I've rolled into an uncomfortable position. Oh, like, it was a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. That was me being an idiot yesterday. Yeah. I was serious about the health and safety officer, by the way. That was me. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Did you pass that course, obviously? <laughs> Was it was it a, just a duty attend? Like, yeah, you're good, mate. Tick in the box. How hard can this be? Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's. Um, we ever thought about? Do you, do you ever? We ever thought about them um, doing when you when you when you got that call? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheers, dickhead. We know on your back because we're not paying you your shit. flights. And your visa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, did you? Obviously, you had a thought about the coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, was it a thought about coffee? or Was it a thought about I need to start something? I oh, know you're saying you think about it out in the theatre. No, we, we, yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. thinking about it for ages, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, it'd be how cool would that be?" And then you have like, oh, "It's going to be a ball ache," and I, you know, I'm, I'm really busy, and I'm on a, I'm on a good little gig here, even though I hated it. It was one of those where I, I genuinely, and any lads who I worked with in that team don't take offences, but I didn't enjoy that job. Full stop. Um, but it was it was well paying so it was like you know what it's, it's building my and my my family's future so mm-hmm. i'll stick it out and I'll, I'll i'll keep doing it and then when when i when i obviously got binned i i'm not i'm you know what i'm i'm not one of these people i can't do a conventional nine-to-five job it's not in me have you tried it? it i've i've done a couple of bits and pieces and uh, truth be told i hate it mm. uh the, the was, older, that, was that because of the job you're doing probably or was it because it was nine to five because I, I thing is the way I look at it, right, is you were put on this planet, and, and I think like I seen a, I seen a meme the other day, and it's like it's it's three trillion to one to get born on this planet, right? And what then that, what, what does that mean? Ah. Like the chances of getting born, so you, it's just ridiculous. Like that, you think like that sperm, yeah, which won the race to get in the egg. It could have been beaten by someone else. There's so many factors which go into the person you are. Three like trillion to one. Your, your mum and dad might have decided that they didn't fancy getting on it, getting it on that night, mm. which means you wouldn't be sat here right now. So the, the the odds of everything coming into play for you to be sat here is ridiculous, right? I've never, I've, yeah, you know, I've so never had that. I've never heard that before. I said an awesome way of looking at it. Yeah, so you you know, you, it's, it's like three or four trillion. So it's not it's not very big. Um, so you're you're really lucky to be here. And then you've got to think about you survived. How old are you now? Say we'll 36. go for thirty. <laughs> 36 36 so like you've you've managed 36 years on this planet as well so you've you've, you know your health and safety risk assessment's been quite good so far um and i anyway i'm going off on a tangent there right so what i truly i do truly believe this right is we weren't put on this planet to work like nine to fives nine to six five days a week to look forward to a weekend that's ridiculous that's a really bad concept of life there's, there's got to be more to life than just working to make some other geezer rich mm-hmm. so we can afford a yacht so it's net I've, I've done a couple of nine to fives hated it and i was like no nah, this and the older i get unfortunately I, I i don't like taking orders from people i just don't so when i'm my own boss i know that the only person i've got to take an order from is the missus that's it so I just, I, there's no way I could like it. Because I know, you know, especially in CP, you've seen lads go, and, you know, go into health and safety. And why did they go into, well, a lot of lads went into health and safety. And my old man was, you know, when I was thinking about leaving Iraq, and he was like, why don't you do health and safety? Because he's done it all. 
and he's really good at it and the, the money's good and it's it's a it's a worthy career to have and I'm not mocking it whatsoever but I when I was at school I didn't want to be a health and safety officer no yeah yeah you get paid well but I wasn't growing up going Oh, I can't wait to be inspecting stuff to be like a twat to people because the health and safety is shocking. I just didn't want to do that, right? Cheers, I wanted. Buddy. Cheers, thanks. You're the exception, though. <laughs> I've heard you're really yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I didn't want to do that. Like, I'm not saying, and I'm, I'm sure there's a health and safety guy there who was really happy with the job and he loves it. And that's awesome. More the power to you. But I, that wasn't for me. And so the reason I joined the Marines was because it wasn't because it was well paid, because as we know, the military isn't well paid. It was because. I want to be a Royal Marine. I want to see if I'm capable of doing it and the adventures that I'd go on. And then I left that and I went into CP because it was, you know, yeah, it was well paid, but also you were working out in Iraq. Like I was very lucky to spend three and a half, four years in Baghdad. That's the, the shit is real in there. Uh, and then with this now, you know, I, I was very lucky to, to run a gym for a couple of years as well. Oh. Yeah. So I got, I got, I got uh, in between leaves. I, I got fully qualified in personal tr- to be a personal trainer and I, I was very lucky to take over a gym uh, and I got to experience that. Uh, and that was because when I was younger, I was always said, wow, how awesome would it be to have my own gym? That would be fucking amazing. Never thinking it would ever happen. And the opportunity came around and I was like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Let's go for it. And it, it was a really good experience. I loved it. I wouldn't do it again, but I, I had a great time. Why wouldn't you do it again? Uh, well, I, okay, I'll rephrase that. I wouldn't, I, I took over a pre-existing gym. So it was a standalone mm. gym. It wasn't a franchise. Uh, and because I don't normally think things through, I just kind of go, fuck it, I'm, I'll do it. The reputation of that dr- of that gym was pretty bad. It was like, you know, guys were, were going to the toilets and, and jabbing up in there to, you know, for all, all the stuff and that. So the, 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 the reputation of that gym was pretty bad. And then you've got some guy who, you know, I'm not a big guy. So I'm like, you know, and then you've got all these big guys and you've got this small guy going, oh, trying to tell you something or trying to help you. And they're like, what the fuck do you know, mate? You're like 60 kilograms or something. I was like, I'm not, I'm 80. Um, <laughs> but, <clears throat> excuse me. So, it, it, you know, I just, and that took a lot of time to repair. And I was, because it was a standalone gym, it was me doing everything. So even though I was back in the UK and not working abroad, I was there early doors to late at night mm-hmm. seven days a week you know i was taking out the rubbish i'm doing stock control i'm cleaning the machines i'm maintaining the machines i'm doing everything i'm doing personal training to try and get the you know get get a bit more revenue on the go uh we having to come up with loads of ideas so it was it was loads of hard work and like i say i loved it but i certainly wouldn't buy a pre-existing gym if you were to, if i if someone said here you go here's a load of money go start a gym then obviously It'd be it'd be good to have that. Use a lot of money going um, get this gym off its feet. It's been in shit state for years as well. I think. Sorry. It'd be good to. Um, it'd be. I, I'd see it as a, a, an interesting challenge to be given a lot of money, like you said, but but to go and get a gym back on its feet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it, you know what? It was really good because at first there was a there was a little bit of um, uh, fric- not friction but resistance. Uh, because it was a, a real bodybuilding gym, uh, and it was like we lift heavy weights, and that's cool. But the way I train, I do like a lot of functional stuff and calisthenics. So it was like all of a sudden, the first, the very first thing I did was I put up a pull-up bar, and then over time, instead of, and we ran, a, we, we we started a course, uh, the three hundred course. So obviously everyone's heard of the three hundred uh-huh. film, uh, and the guys which which started in that did a series of training. So 
all I did was I knocked up a six-week training program, called it the 300, and at the end of the six-week, uh, you had to do the 300 test. That's crab walks and all that stuff. It was, uh, that, the one we did was 25 pull-ups mm. overhand, so no, no kipping bollocks, it's like proper pull-ups. Uh, from that, you went into uh, 50 deadlifts. Uh, from the deadlifts, you went into uh, 50 press-ups. Uh, from the press-ups, you went into 50 box jumps. From the box jumps, you went into 50... I think it was... I can't remember what they're called, but you, you lie on the ground, you get a bar, which is 60 kilograms, you hold it out in front of you, and then you do the legs to that side, to that oh, side. Yeah. That's one rep. <clears throat> two reps. So it's not like one, two. It's like do two on each side to get one rep. From there, you do uh, 25 each side, clean and press with a 16 kilogram kettlebell and it has to stay on you have to do all your reps on one side before you move on to the other and then after that you do 25 pull-ups again i might have missed out an exercise there or whatnot i can't remember and we did that and it changed a lot of the way the guys who were like someone were into their rugby and they were like they changed the way you know we had we got battling ropes out we got like tires or they were flipping tires and doing battling ropes and it changed the way they trained they were like you know what i'm not just gonna lift heavy anymore i'm gonna fucking do that i'm gonna do some box jumps and then go straight into like a tabata on the on the battle ropes, and then I'm actually going to do pull ups because be able to lift your own body weight is really fucking important, and it's a true test in my opinion. So it, it and, and obviously called it the 300. So we had a, we had a wall, and once you complete it, you got your time rope on the wall, and obviously then the next course would be like fucking hell, so and so got that time. Oh no way! So they they would then try and beat them, and it it worked a treat, and they loved it, and then it, it got so popular that even we we did we did a woman's course and oh. yeah so we we changed a little bit so the weights of the, like the the kettlebell would come down slightly and uh hang on a minute that's not really, that uh, is completely uh, inappropriate really and i yeah if, if anything they should have been lifting heavier um no but you know what and they they fully they loved it and they they got into it and uh they pushed themselves and we had a massive age uh, age range on that i think age range on that so we had like a an 18-year-old girl was the youngest. And I think the oldest was late 40s. Mm. I loved it. And it was, it was awesome. And it was good to see. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good community. And I can see why CrossFit has that community feel because we, we built a little community in there. Uh, Are you a CrossFitter? No, I'm not. I, I, I'm, not I'm not into it. Are I'm you? not into it either. I'm not, I'm not into it. <clears throat> um, why? I, Go on. I was going to ask you the same thing. I'm talking to you, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hi, buddy. Um, oh, yeah. Because um, I'm not into it, right? But I think it's been brilliant mm -hmm. in that there are, there, I think, there are more people doing fitness now than there were five, six years ago before mm. CrossFit started up. It's massive. It's a movement. Yeah. And it has been huge for that, which you <clears throat> cannot complain against anything that does that. But it's... Um, I, uh, I think that um, at the lower levels, <coughs> I think, for for the for the less than not honest that's the wrong word for gym owners or instructor crossfit instructors or any other any of the other spin-off types mm -hmm. of fitness there are not just crossfit mm -hmm. in that, the same kind of style though you know um uh very dynamic complex movements mm -hmm. uh in, in a one uh you know um max you know as many very reps as you can and just trying to smash out as many as you can albeit maybe with low low weights or whatever i think that that works if you've like anything if you've been taught to do it right from the ground up um but i think a lot of the a lot of the examples i've seen of the crossfit 
um, gyms, a lot of the ones I've seen, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean a lot of the CrossFit gyms, mm-hmm. a lot of the ones I've seen mm-hmm. um, uh, is just you know, poor technique, injuries. And you just think, well, that is not going to be good in the long term. However, I'm no subject matter expert. I have been to all of two CrossFit gyms yeah. ever. Because I had a couple of mates owned them, mm-hmm. you know, and they were doing it properly, teaching it properly because they understand because yeah. they're ex-military, so they they got a history of, um, your know, knowledge of fitness. They were both ex-PTIs as well. Mm-hmm. So you know the long-term yeah. effects, you know. You can be fine for the next 10 years. You're back going to give out in 20 years for whatever reason. You, you know, it's, it can be down to a, a huge amount of factors. And if you decide to start smashing CrossFit and weren't doing it properly because you weren't taught properly or... Or you were rushed yeah. into going heavy, going higher, because it makes you feel good, and it's going to make you keep a membership with my yeah. gym, and you're going to smash it out, and you're going to get all your friends going, it's amazing, and in 15 years' time, you're going to be in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> but we can rehab, yeah? So let's keep that membership going. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. you know what? You're absolutely right. I think in today's day and age, with with and without going on tangent, with processed food and the obesity rates going up and that, anything which gets people off their sofas and doing fizz, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I'm going to clarify CrossFit's awesome done right it's awesome done right same as anything yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. my issue with it is um, and again if you you know what you've nailed it if you're doing proper technique then it's brilliant I don't think doing 30 reps for time on a technical lift like uh, a clean and snatch or, or whatever is a particularly good idea because I don't care how good your technique is it's is to begin with by the time you get to rep 20 your technique is mm. starting to go pretty dog shit because mm. you're and but peer pressure can be a great thing and also be a terrible thing and you might be like right fight through the pain your technique goes to rat shit injuries happen but then, then again injuries happen in any sport and it, mm. it, it's, it's part and parcel but i'm not hating on cre- crossfit i just you know what it's not for me when it, when, it, when it first came about, I was really interested in it because I, I, I tried to get in a lot more calisthenic stuff like yourself. That's what I'm doing. And it just seemed, it's perfect, just seemed perfect. Um, and also, I, I why, why did I decide to get more calisthenics? I had an int- interesting thing happened. It was in Iraq, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I got, as we all have, multiple injuries. I've got this, <laughs> multiple injuries. I got a... <laughs> Oh my afflictions! Yeah, I've got um, I've got a disease in my knees, which is diagnosed when I was when I was serving. It sounds hideous, but it's, it's, it's is it contagious? No, it's not. Contagious. Oh, it's not, not contagious. Definitely not contagious. Neither is Or my giraffe record. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the giraffe it's, disease. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's called God. I forget. I forget which way around the name goes. Sending Larsen Johan's disease, or Sending Johan Larsen's disease. Anyway, it's like you know some flipping mental name. And it took ages for the, the doc to try and w- work out what it was, and, and he ended up getting his Bible out in the end and having a look at now and there. After a few sessions, yeah. it's basically a a, a a a breakdown in the relationship between my quads and my hamstrings. And what's what's the long term effect of it? Are you going to just keep deteriorating? No. No, so that's the same. It sounds hideous disease. No, it can be, it can, I think it can be managed. Okay. It's improved. It's improved. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a, a massive pain in, in, my, uh, in, my, in my knees and so tendons. So by doing squats, it helps it. It strengthens it by doing like body weight squats and stuff like that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I haven't done. I haven't done enough of it. I'm not full on into fit, yeah. regularly into the fitness as they should be, as frequently as they should be. I try and um, I at the minute trying to get back into it and doing a lot of um trying to do a lot of swimming a lot awesome of awesome exercise yeah, yeah. yeah swimming running and uh swimming running and then some just some weights mm-hmm. light 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 weights concentrating the technique because i've been burned in the past by myself by yeah. myself 
rushing and getting things wrong and injuring myself and then guess what I can't train for six weeks because yeah. I fucking did it among it yes could use a different expression um so <laughs> my uh yeah so my knees i popped my shoulder playing rugby years ago and then it got to the point where it just it kept popping things i did in the pop out it half out so it come half out oh. i I'd, I'd go to sleep at night and i'd lie on my back and I'd put my hands behind my head you know like you're a prisoner of war oh. and i'd sleep like this and i wake up and my my shoulder be half popped out so i'd have to take my right arm Get hold of my left arm and maneuver my shoulder about so I'd go back in. So I, so I can get that sounds, that, that sounds that. fun. Yeah. <laughs> stop me training, stop me doing everything. It was just a bloody nightmare. It was my rotator cuff, just fact. And then I ended up in a rig in Badra, sunny Iranian yeah, border. Yeah, yeah. Remember Badra and Iranian border? So I used to Baghdad, miles east of Baghdad. And um, there was a alleged Iraqi champion boxer there called. Ali Nokas. You used to remember, used to remember like his it. name as Ali Nokas. <laughs> Ali Nokas, right? He was there. Um, so, he, and I had some gloves there. Uh, I don't, yeah, I had some gloves. Well, mm. someone else had some gloves. I don't know what I had them at the time. And it was also, it was a Chinese, Rick. There was also a Chinese alleged special forces soldier there. Wow. Who was, I don't know if you know this, but seeing out in China, when, when you, in certain circumstances, when you commit a crime, mm. One of their um, one of the punishments is well, you can either go to jail for fucking five years or ten years, or whatever. Yeah, or you can go and work for a Chinese company mm-hmm. abroad in some shithole for five years. Um, you learn money, but you ain't coming back until it's done. But you can earn money for your family and blah blah blah, blah all the rest of it. And this 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 SF lad, I can't remember his name. Um, he was one of, was apparently one of those guys. It was two of them. One was SF, and one was not. Um, but he was a I don't know what the term is. It was Tai Chi, but like combat Tai Chi, mm-hmm. fighting Tai Chi. So I was, I've always wanted to get into functional fitness. And mm-hmm. in my thought, then functional being, well, boxing is fucking fit, fitness. Yeah. And I, I always wanted to get into it. And I'd love to be able to, uh, in training and getting, and doing boxing and getting fit, I'd be able to just drop some of any. Protect to, yourself. <laughs> better, better drop some of yeah. any general and protect yourself. Yeah. I, I think that um, was the word you were looking for protect, protect yourself, not drop myself, yourself. Right. Yeah. And the same with uh, the Tai Chi. I thought, fuck it, I'll start training with these guys. Neither of us spoke a word of English. Mm. <laughs> it, but it was, I was doing, you know, it's like when you get in the rhythm, I was doing two or three hours a night. Mm-hmm. I do, a, I do a, a run around the compound and then I do an hour with um, Ali and then I do an hour with the, uh, the Chinese dude. But it was. It was a flipping nightmare. Because imagine you can't speak English and you're trying to speak an English yeah. speaker, teach an English speaker technique like in boxing or in the Tai Chi. But the Tai, the tai Chi guy, I knew I was doing right when the Chinese guy, because if I did right, he'd show me, show me, show me, and I'd get a technique right. And he'd say, Gouda, Gouda. Awesome. It's the only word he knew. It's, it's, it's good. Gouda. Fucking brilliant. But in, that was the training I was doing. I was doing bag work. I was doing pad work. I was doing... um um. And pad so Pabot with Ali mm-hmm. and Pabot with the Chinese guy. But over that it was weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. What I started noticing is that my knees were improving mm-hmm. and uh my shoulder was popping less and I was getting less pain mm-hmm. and I was getting more range of motion. I I was doing press ups, sit ups and pull ups as well. And I was getting more range of motion. Mm-hmm. So now through no physiotherapy, just changing the way I trained. I historically just done running and a bit of gym work. Yeah. Um, but in the gym, in lifting weights, but I would always switch it up between high reps, um, uh, low weight, and um, low, low reps, high yeah, weight. Yeah. I would switch it, I'd do week, i change it week by week, it's probably mm-hmm. not the best thing to do. But in changing the calisthenics and the boxing and the tai chi and more bodyweight stuff, my injury started going away. I was training more mm. 
my injuries were getting less yeah. less obvious um which was yeah so that, that's why i ended up in the calisthenics side of things so i left there i didn't have them and i go and try and do other stuff uh so it's super beneficial and i mean it's it's a way of training where you don't fucking need anything you don't need a gym you don't need a gym you don't yeah. need a gym you can do press-ups and sit-ups and you, know, you can even do like variations on pull-ups if you've got a decent like dining table there you go <laughs> I, I, hanging underneath yeah, it yeah. You know? it's a and, and running you don't need anything so you, everyone should be able to get out and do something motivation is a different kettle of fish though times are a different kettle of fish which is why I was asking oh, when it, when you were saying about um, you couldn't do a 9 to 5 I've done a 9 to 5 quite a few times well more often than not now yeah one of the things I like about it, I've been lucky to be in jobs which I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with good people. But also, I like with a nine to five, being able to have the routine. I haven't got it at the minute, but in the past, being able to have a routine, nine to five and Tuesday at the gym. On, you know, on Tuesday and then nine to five on Wednesday, I'll, I'll go to the gym in the morning because in the evening I'm going to go and take the missus out. Or, you know, that, yeah. you, can, you can get into a, a good routine, which I think for people. I think it was quite similar where I think with the entrepreneurism and think, fuck it, I'm doing it and I'm doing this and this company's happening blah, 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 off, mm. off the cuff. Well, well, it's more difficult to plan in that. I don't know if you find that. I find it very difficult to plan no, in my fitness. Y- you know what? I find that I have to do fizz otherwise after a couple of days my missus is like, jeez, oh, you're, you're being a bit moody. Uh, go go and do yeah. something. So it's for me, yeah, you know, I, I, I get up roughly about five thirty, six o'clock every morning uh, and I'll uh, and I'll, I will religiously be in the gym for nine o'clock because that's the off peak, so it's cheaper. Um, but it, it's like an hour or an hour and a half. That's my time. You know what? I don't want the pressure of of, of thinking about this. I don't want the of, of life's distractions. That's my time. So I know what you're saying about structure and routine. So I do keep an element of routine and structure. But yeah, you know what? I, and and to, you know, going back to your injuries, I think a lot of people think when you're injured and obviously when you first injure yourself you should stay off that injury because you need to let it repair but then it's very easy just to kind of use that as an excuse to not exercise but you need to use it so if your knees for example you need to use your knees otherwise they're never gonna get stronger Mm. it's obviously you're not going to go in to start squatting 100 kilograms straight off the bat but if you don't ever use it and you go well i've got a bit of dodgy knee so i'm just going to do this i'm never going to do squats or or whatever then obviously your knee's never going to get stronger because it's not getting used. It's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just kind of. You got to do your walking, even just your walking, walking and running. One of the, one of the, I mean, that prolonged. They say, oh yeah, you live longer, being fit. Blah, blah, blah. I t- uh, one of the perfect examples of that and the simplest, right, mm-hmm. is that the majority of people that are admitted to um, uh, homes when they're old mm. is because they they struggle to stand up and get up. Yeah, if they fall over, they can't get up, mm. and one of the predominant reasons of them not being able to do that mm. is because no it's because sorry sorry it's death it's death when you're older so tripping over falling over mm-hmm. their legs aren't fit enough to be able to react quick enough the muscle fast twitch muscle yeah. fibers flick out and catch yourself like mm. we everyone can do now when you're young mm-hmm. you can do it you trip over a curb you put your foot in and catch yourself as you get older 
If you don't keep up with the fitness, leg-wise, legs, just your legs, fuck everything else if you want, just your legs, right? You're going to be able to catch yourself in your leg and live longer and you're less likely to go home and you can live with your kids. Well, I think if you, if you keep up, if you keep up, your, if you stay relatively fit, and I, this is the other misconception, right? Everyone thinks when you go to the gym, you have to spend an hour or two hours in there. That's, that's ridiculous. You can just go in there, smash a quick 20 minutes, and CrossFit's good for this, dare I say it. You can smash a quick 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you can be out. Well, fat burn it. Go on, sorry, go on. And, and then, the, the, you know, the, the, the added benefit benefits of that is not only is it keeping your physically you're you're keeping yourself you know ticking over and that but mentally by con- constantly challenging yourself in the gym it keeps your body fit but br- mentally you're like right i've got to stay switched on and i think that keeps you younger by staying f- fit and active then mentally it's 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 you know it's 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 keeping you young at heart young young at heart it's keeping you young so if you were to trip over then you might just have a little bit more mm. going on upstairs to be like, oh, hand out. Yeah. But, um, the mental one's a difficult one to explain, the benefits of um, the, the, the difference it makes being active and inactive on your brain. And um, I, I've, I noticed it. I, I first, you hear it all the time, fit, in, fit in body, fit in mind, but I noticed it a lot when I was, when I was serving. Mm-hmm. In that... I'd be mad in fitness when I was in. Mm-hmm. When I was in. When I was, uh, yeah. wasn't on leave, so we're no. in, in work. And it'd be, you know, because you either, when it was a time or when it's further the ranks and you're smashing the fitness every day. Sometimes I'd be going to the gym as well. But then i go and leave mm-hmm. and I would do fuck all, right? And it's on a three, four, five, well, three weeks leave and the periods are a bit longer. Oh my God, I would. I would hate myself and I would feel I would yeah, feel yeah, yeah. like I am not sharp I am not you know I'm not sharp yeah. I should have known that I should have this yeah. I should have that, should have that I'm not thinking clear why is everything supposed to fitness I get back or I get myself to go mm-hmm. and do a run and I would feel 100% and it's still the same now like oh. you were saying there if you've a couple of days you ain't you don't do any fitness you, you've been I good feel you feel horrible miss, yeah, yeah I do as well I've got periods at minute, it's a, yeah. quite a few days sometimes weeks where I I haven't done anything mm-hmm. and like trying to get back into the routine and it breaks me out. Like, you, you don't notice it. You don't think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off because I haven't done any fitness. Just in general, you feel shitter. Mm-hmm. And if I'm lucky to have that experience in the past mm-hmm. with, with that, seeing the two different cycles and the effects on me that I think, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, things are shit at the minute. But if I go and get in the pool to smash out and swim in, I'm going to feel, f- I know, I'll feel fucking awesome. I will feel fucking awesome for two days, do two you, or three days. If you're having a bad day, have mm-hmm. a, go, do a, go do a session. If you're having a good day, go do a session. It'll, if you're having a bad day, it'll make a bad day a good day. If you're having mm. a good day, it'll make a good day awesome. There's, there's uh, you know, and I hate to come out with like stupid, but an hour of a day is 4%. If you haven't got time just to give yourself 30 minutes, just to get a bit of a sweat on on that. Well, when you mentioned about the 20 minutes, I heard, uh, I, I heard, I heard of the grief. I didn't fucking hear it. I read it somewhere. I yeah, maybe I mean from multiple sources. I can't remember, but the it was a scientific fact that um, twenty minutes. So even just twenty minutes, like you say, mm-hmm. if you go for twenty minutes, hard and fast, that has um, so running. It was related to running. Yeah, go yeah. and do a run for twenty minutes, right? Um, or cardio, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty minutes, hard and fast, like above seventy, eighty percent, hundred percent. If you can do it, that has that has uh, a better imp- uh, a better. Um, fat burning impact so mm-hmm. if you're trying to lose weight for example 20 minutes of hard and fast that's a better fat burning impact than say a 45 minute steady run would because it you shocks your metabolism and it goes fucking hell mm-hmm. your metabolism gets shocked into working mm. yes you're only working for 20 minutes but because of that um, shock on the meta- your metabolism 
your metabolism stays active and higher for longer mm-hmm. after, like hours after. So mm-hmm. you're burning fat for longer, and in general, over mm-hmm. the, that period of time, you're burning more than what you would in a 45-minute sort of steady run, which was an interesting one. I took it on a board, and I have one I can try and do 20 minutes. But, but I, think, I think everyone thinks when they're getting fitter or they want to lose weight, it's like, oh, I'll go for a 45-minute run. Like you say, you do you go out and you do like fifteen minutes hard graft. Yeah, it's way better because the only people which really should be running for forty five minutes, sixty minutes, are basically people which are trying to improve their endurance, which are probably runners. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to get better at running, you run. Uh, but for everyone else who's just like trying to lose some weight, just go do go do like some fartlekking or something. Like you know, just or, or just just do something where you. You know, Tabitha's a brilliant one if you're doing the correct exercises. Work hard for 20 seconds and then get 10 seconds off. You do eight rounds. That's only four minutes. What was that you said? So Tabitha. Go on. So basically, it's eight rounds. So it's 20 seconds on and you get 10 seconds off. So you just work hard for 20 seconds. You have 10 seconds where you can kind of just like a sip of water. Do it again for 20 seconds. You do that eight times. That's one. That's four minutes done. Mm -hmm. And you'll be hanging if, you know, you throw burpees in there. Just do that. Well, you could do that a few times or you could do that at the end of a session or you can just do, you know, you've got 20 minutes, you could get in three or four rounds of Tabata. What does Tabata exercise. stand for? Oh, I don't know. This is an abbreviation, isn't it? T-A- not abbreviation, it's an uh, um, acronym. T-A-B-A-T-A, isn't it? That's the one. What is it? This is a flipping CrossFit thing, isn't it? Oh, it is, isn't God. It? Um, I say flipping CrossFit. I love CrossFit. No, I love how beneficial it's been. Uh, you know what I do like about CrossFit is the community they've got. They've got like yeah. a real like uh, team ethos where it's there, you know, they go there and they're all cheering. They, you know, obviously there's probably a little bit of rivalry and they're, they, you know, when it, it pushes each other. But at the end of the day, they're all like, they're a real team. You're right, mate. They're a it box. Is, it is, it is you know, it and is that, awesome. that's brilliant. And it I think is. a lot of people are searching for that, like in today's day and age where social media and you just kind of on your own or you can be very alienated to be then into a community where it's like, CrossFit, what's mm. today's WOD? And, 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 and everything you do, every, so that interaction with the community, like you're saying, but you're not just going, in, oh yeah, I've got a new bunch of friends that are you off. You've got an accomplishment every fucking day, yeah. or every time you do the fitness, or you, you go in and, you, and you're doing three or four different things. You've got three or four different accomplishments in that absolutely. with your mates, you're cracking on, you're getting motivated. Yeah. yeah, you're right, mate. You're absolutely right. That's like you're saying, it just brings it back to uh, it's been awesome. CrossFit's been awesome for, for general fitness. I wonder, uh, it started off in the US, didn't it? What's that guy's name? Who's did the- it start from the US? I thought it was a Scandinavian thing, and then oh, it kind of went big in the US. They oh, I kind don't of, know. Uh, the, the, is it? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the, the main guy, but then it, it just exploded, didn't it? I hear, I hear he's a bit of a um, a uh, HGH fiend. Oh, really? Yeah, I wish I could remember his name. Right, so the, it's um, it reminds me of when. I, when it, have you seen the documentary? Yes, you have. Could you listen to Joe Rogan? Go on. Uh, Icarus. Yes, I have. <laughs> How awesome is that? What a crazy right, so documentary. Icarus, so, he, he, you know, so he goes, um, he, uh, he, he's a cyclist. He decides he's going to do a race clean and he's going to get himself jabbed up and, and try and... By um, a world-renowned scientist. scientist. I know go, what you yeah, yeah. Just get, um, dope, dope himself up and do the same with you later. But in that, do you remember when this, uh, Michael, whatever his name is, he was talking about um, how he he was at a certain level in, in competitive cycling and uh, and he was going to go, yeah, he was at a certain level in competitive cycling and he was sort of, he'd been like, he'd finished like Ninth, he was a really tenth. high amateur. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he finished at ninth, tenth in the races, and then he said that everyone was sort of going up and ready to go to the next stage. He said the following season that um, 
there was this group of riders who mm. were coming up through the ranks, but they their times, their 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 races that they're doing were all of a sudden in a season. Mm. They went from being yeah good average mm. to front of the fucking pack, absolute mm. ninjas. And you're saying that you can do that. But it takes years. It doesn't happen. You yeah. know, you're not like finishing fiftieth in the park in in a, not, you know in fitness. Yeah. You're not finishing fiftieth in the park, and then s- four months later, three months later, the season starts again. All of a sudden, you are numero uno. Yeah. You're not doing it organic. Like there's a little something, something <laughs> a going, little on something going on there. Yeah. And apparently, the, the this dude who who was the the sort of the the god of CrossFit, he was just a, an animal. Who oh, is now? Who is now? I think. What is his oh. name? But when you look back over it, it was this is a CrossFit documentary on my watch, or a short, a short sort of docu docu drama, whatever you call mm-hmm. it. And um, when you go back, mm. he was he was like middle of the road, like n- he was across. He was good. He was competitive, and it shows um, him competing like a year before, season mm. before, and he's just he's not even anywhere near the, like the the leaders in the, in the table. Yeah. And then the following year, he smash. looks different. He is but he is smash, not just winning smashing yeah. everyone what is his name but then i think that's like um i love i love mma i don't i don't do it because i don't like getting punched in the face but i love watching it and i you know i, I love the the whole aspect of it but then like i know ufc there was a lot of guys who were looking ripped and they were looking like gods and then they brought in usada and the testing got real and all of a sudden these guys are turning yeah. up on fight day and they're just like oh yeah. he's got a Got some UFC, got a UFC fight coming on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you allowed to say his name? I, Are you going to tell me afterwards? I haven't, right, I haven't tied that a date. Is it a British guy? Well, Seems I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. I got, um, yeah, got UFC and I got someone from Cage Warriors and Bellator as well. I think I might. I will tell you after. I, I reckon yeah, I could get I haven't tied on a date. Yeah. He said yes. That's awesome. He, he said yes. I haven't tied on a date. So I, he, he might well back out of it. I don't know. I don't think he will. But um, I'll tell you after. I don't after. think people will back out of podcasts. I remember when I when I first started listening to podcasts, I was like, oh man, it'd be awesome to go on a podcast. You say that, mate. People don't understand. The, what? The UK is still good. Like, for, I think for, for us, our generation, it's, um, well, no. Like a lot of people in our generation, they're going to fucking clue the podcast is still. They just... You and I sort of, I think we, you, we similar in our interests and all mm-hmm. that. Especially when you're in MMA and that, like you're saying, Joe Rogan. That's a, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't know anything about podcasts if it wasn't for Joe Rogan. He's the, yeah, yeah. But loads of people don't know about him, mate. Loads of people. I mean, there's a, there's a guy, uh, a guy. Um, I, I, I said, uh, quite a famous guy, another famous guy actually. Mm. And he said, um, well, he's famous in the UK, famous around the military, right? Okay, fitness as well. All right, right, and um, he said uh, he's older, and I said, "Do you fair? Do you do you um, first come on the podcast, mate? It'd be, it'd be great to have you on." And but two days, it was my text, right? No WhatsApp. <laughs> you know, he's one of those like, proper older, and, he, and I got a text back. He said, oh, I, "Hugh, yes, I'd, I'd I'd love to come on your 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 radio show. Tell me more about it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on the radio show, buddy. Yeah, no, yeah, that was it. We're on the right tangent then. Um, it's good though. I, I like I like going off on tangents. I think I think military guys are really good at going off on tangents, and then you'd be like, "What were we talking about?" Mm. I don't know. Yeah. However, yeah, should get back to the battle. <laughs> yeah, let's get back into it. Are you um, gonna really? Are you gonna get any more coffee blends going? Um. You know what? Uh, I don't know. I think 
We will do, but I think... Do you think you can spread yourself too thin with it? Yeah, I do. And I think sometimes, you know what, we, we've got what we've got uh, the six six heroes sort of uh, coffees, and then we've got the the two historical heroes. So we were like uh, the Viking and the Spartan. So we've got, what, eight different coffees there. They're not all blends. I think three of them are single origins. So that basically means they come, they come from one place. We don't mix and match. So there's eight coffees there. So you, you kind of, whatever your coffee taste is, we've kind of got you covered. Uh, I think now is just the time where we've got, we've got our coffees. Uh, we're really, really happy with our coffees. We've got, you know, we've got a couple of t-shirts. We've got our mugs. Um, now is the time where, right, let's stop investing in the, in the, in the coffee and the, and the merchandise as such. It's no good having a really good product, which we believe this is, if no one's heard of you. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's now it's a case of right. We need to now make everyone aware, like, hey, we're Green Beret Coffee Company. This is what we stand for, and this is what we do. And try our coffee. You'll love it. You will love it. How are you gonna do that? <sighs> You'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Look, look That's, you can tell me off here. No, it's fine. That you know That's what? Fine, it's, it's, it's it's tough, man. It's um. You've got to. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's something outside the box, not normal for your marketing and all, and and uh, not normal, not the not normal, not the normal avenue like a company would take to try and promote themselves. The conventional. Yeah, avenue. you know what? It's, it's 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 about being different, isn't it? I think, you especially set yourselves apart. Yeah, you know? especially in t- like today, uh, there are there are a few other coffee military coffee companies, and and to be fair everyone's doing their own little thing they've all got their little niche so it's just it's just about standing out from from the crowd and going and i you know what and i i genuinely it sounds really chad but i think i think there's i think it's awesome that there's so many other coffee companies out oh maybe we don't want thousands but i think it's really good because at the end of the day we're all brothers in arms we're all served in the mill there's no there's no need to have competition against us and, and that so it's like you know what you keep doing your thing we'll keep doing that, our thing everyone's idea of success is different just keep you know just keep, yeah keep doing it. it's it's a great way to look at it especially i mean this applies to any any in, in industry and well most industries i'd say and and uh yeah most industries it is that that realization that if we yeah, oh look you sell this mm. and i sell the same thing mm. right uh that if you look at each other as allies that's it you what you're doing is you've got so all right you got you got um, A B C coffee company and you've got Green Beret coffee company right but if so if you look at each other's allies mm-hmm. what you got is two coffee companies all right you want to sell your stuff for us mm-hmm. and he and he or she wants to sell their stuff but in in not playing each other down in combining in certain ways certain ways helping court not not no not coordinate not coordinate stop seeing each other's enemies. In doing that, you, you are what that means is you're doubling the marketing mm-hmm. of people being more aware of decent coffee. That's it. So it brings more people to it. And I hadn't thought of it like that before. When like, my missus has got a, um, a bridal shop in uh, Stratford, Stratford mm-hmm. upon Avon, right? And uh, she, she was, we were talking about. We were talking to a local jewellers, right, mm-hmm. about um, other no, similar this kind of thing, other similar businesses in the area, and you know the kind of relationship you have, and you know was was the missus's new bridal shop going to pee off 
other bridal yeah. shops in the area, and she was really worried about it. She was really worried. She was like, right, I just want to have a decent relationship there. You know, it's mm. on the, you know, off the wrong foot. You know, we sell the same stuff, but it's sort of different. But it is what it is. And the jewelers next door, I wish I could remember. I think they called Knights. Oh God, I can't remember what they called. A great, superb guys, right? And they're next door, and they were saying that uh, they more jewelers have come to Stratford on Avon just over the last few years and they were saying they embrace it because what it means is you get more people coming to Stratford but on Avon because there's a bunch of jewellery shops yeah. so in the missus starting up a bridal shop in Warwick all of a sudden there's not only just uh, not Warwick Stratford on Avon all of a sudden there's not only like one shop there or two shops there well now you've got three or four shops because mm. she's doing an extra that means that so there's more people likely to come to Stratford on Avon to buy a wedding dress which yeah. means you got more, more for people buy yeah, everyone. Yeah, exactly. The long term is going to be good. So and it's, it's not just the the bridal shops there, which will which will benefit. It's like the surrounding everyone else there. Jewelers, jewelers, any cake shops, pubs, right? Because they, they don't go on their own to do dress <laughs> yeah, shopping. Exactly. They're going to be like, oh, should we get a spot of lunch? Have a bit yeah, of you yeah, know prosecco? Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, yeah man, it's it's um, I think sometimes we're 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 so quick to try and be like, that's our competition. That's our enemy. We've got to try and belittle them to make ourselves look better. Nah, fuck that. We are happy. We're, we're really proud of what we do. And what the other guys do is awesome. Uh, and you know what? Like I said, everyone's got their own levels of success. We didn't. I didn't get into this to become a millionaire. If, it, if I become a millionaire, that's awesome. Uh, but I didn't. All I wanted to do was I wanted to create something for me, something to support my lifestyle and my family. And you know what? And it's... It, it's way better than having to do a nine to five job, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing on people which have to do that. You got to do what you got to do. But for me, this is what I enjoy doing, man. You do what works for you. You do what yeah. works for you. I mean, if you, if you, if you're not happy in what you're doing, and, and you think it. work out what you think would work, and just bite the bullet, say fuck it, dive in both feet, and just give it a bash. To give What's it a bash. the worst you that could happen? Well, the worst that can happen is you feel good for trying it. All right, it didn't work out, but fuck it, give it a shot. And just try again. And you learn along the way. Try yeah. again with something else. Learn yeah, from absolutely. mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome. Uh, I genuinely enjoyed the coffee. I, gen- <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed I'm it. I'm pleased you said I get that. A, I get a hint of... Uh, I get a hint of... Oak oh, and chocolate coming through there. Salmon. <laughs> Basically. No, I love it. I love this it, I gets love me it. off my tits, and this one doesn't, so I like this one. <laughs> you know. And uh, awesome doing our own blend, mate, which is really good. And I hope... I hope it is every success for you and get you on again the show. You know what? I've... Uh, I've loved it. I've genuinely the loved it. The coffee on the show. More so the show. <laughs> I get to gob off for like, how long are we talking for? An hour and a half now. You know what? It feels like 20 minutes. I could yeah. start again. Uh, yeah. No, thanks for having me, man. I, absolute privilege. Good luck with everything. Thank Cheers, you Awesome. Green Bay Coffee. Woo! That's it for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you want to find out more about Greenberry Coffee, you can go on to greenberrycoffee.co.uk. Uh, you can also... Well, they're all, over in, they're all over Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. You know, like, you, the coffee is really, really delicious. I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be selling it on our website if, uh, if it wasn't nice. It's good quality stuff. Really enjoyable, and uh, and when you when you buy it, you know it's coming from a veteran-owned business, which is absolutely fantastic. Greenberrycoffee.co.uk. Until the next time, out. <laughs>